Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Hey, faithful listeners, thank you for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. Hi, my name is Jen Kokel, and I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to spend some time with me and hang out with me and to chat about the Bible with me as we all enjoy a nice cup of coffee. So you might notice a little bit of difference in my sound quality. Well, that is because right now I am in my brand new office and um It's a little bit more echoey than my last office was because my last office had carpet on the floors and had curtains on the windows. And right now I am basically working in a blank uh, spot (laughs) with nothing on the walls and nothing on the floors. And also I am surrounded, literally surrounded with um, boxes and with a big old uh, upright piano literally an arm's reach away from me. So (laughs) a lot of work that needs to be done on my office and on the new house, but but also very thankful for um, for being able to do these house projects because I really do enjoy them. But we are not here to talk about my house. We are here to talk about Exodus chapter 22, verses 1 through 9. So grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version, as I always do. If a man steals an ox or a sheep, and kills it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for an ox, and four sheep for a sheep. If the thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt of bloodshed for him. If the sun has risen on him, he is guilty of bloodshed. He shall make restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the stolen property is found in his hand alive, whether it is an ox, donkey, or sheep, he shall pay double. If a man causes a field or a vineyard to be eaten by letting his animal loose and it grazes in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and from the best of his own vineyard. If fire breaks out and catches in the thorn so that the shocks of grain or the standing grain or the field are consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. If a man delivers to his neighbor money or stuff to keep, and it is stolen out of the man's house, if the thief is found, he shall pay double. If the thief isn't found, then the master of the house shall come near to God to find out whether or not he has put his hand on his neighbor's goods. For every matter of trespass, whether it is an ox, for a donkey, for a sheep, for clothing, or for any kind of lost thing, about which one says that is mine, the cause of both parties shall come before God, and he who God condemns shall pay double to his neighbor. This is a pretty cool passage of scripture because at the very end here, it talks about the people coming directly to God, which is something that in the Old Testament you don't hear of as often. Usually when a person comes to God, they have to go through a priest or something like that. But this one is talking about the people directly coming to God. Now, God always intended for people to come directly to him, obviously, because now that is what we do. That was God's original design from the very beginning was to dwell with people and to live with people and to 
to um, have his presence with his people. And obviously that didn't end up happening (laughs) because we messed up. And so then God was unable to live with us because we became worse and worse and worse. And we talked about that in Genesis at the beginning with uh, the flood and everything else that happened back then. But now, so God is talking about how he wants his nation to become a holy nation, how he wants them to become a nation of priests. And priests, obviously, are people who are able to go directly to God and talk to him about certain issues. So priests are very special people. We think of priests, even to this day, as very special um, ordained people of God, basically. So that is what God wants of his people. And there's little hints all throughout scripture that make that very clear that God just really, really wanted to dwell with his people. And just here in verse 9, when he talks about having both parties come before God, that just shows that God wants to be present in these people's lives. So to start out here in verse 1, it says that if a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a for a sheep. (laughs) For sheep, for a sheep. (laughs) Okay, so this is saying that if somebody goes out and steals somebody's ox, then uh, and eats it or kills it or sells it or does whatever with this this animal, God is saying that if that thief is found, or I should say when that thief is found, that thief has to pay five oxen for one ox. I mean, this is God's justice just oozing out of him because he is making that person who stole something from another person pay it back five times. And then if it's a sheep, he has to pay it back four times. So if a man goes and steals somebody's sheep and he's caught, he has to pay back four sheep for the one that he stole because those animals don't belong to that thief that thief went out and took what was not his and killed an innocent animal or sold it to somebody else so God does not ever care for stealing we talked about stealing with my sister on a Friday we talked about man stealing and how God hated that and how if a person was caught kidnapping another person to sell them into slavery that that person should uh, basically be severely punished and so now God is talking about not just man stealing but animal stealing not cool so if a person goes and steals something they need to be punished by paying back five oxen for an ox that would be a ton of money I don't know how much an ox costs but even to this day I can't imagine a good healthy ox wouldn't cost I don't, I don't even know how much an oxen would cost. At least a couple grand, I would guess, for a nice healthy ox if it's a, it's a really nice one. But I mean, think about stealing an ox. Let's just say it costs $2,000 for an ox. I mean, if you had to pay that five times over, that'd be $10,000. That's a lot of money to pay for an ox. So God's basically saying don't steal other people's stuff. Okay, because you're going to pay for it in the long run. It's better to just go and buy your own oxen. And then uh, if you want to sell that ox for a profit, then that's what you can do. So then he's talking about sheep as well. Kind of the same thing, except that one would be four sheep for a sheep. And that is quite the tongue twister. (laughs) Four sheep for a sheep. Okay, so then it says, if the thief is found breaking in and is struck so that he dies, there shall be no guilt of bloodshed for him. So we talked about the consequences of um, people killing others in uh, the last chapter of Exodus chapter 21. But God is saying that if a thief comes in in the middle of the night and starts stealing stuff and he is struck so that he dies... Then the person who ended up striking him, or I should say hitting him, uh, is is not guilty 
of that guy's blood. He's not guilty of murder. But it says that if a thief comes in the middle of the day, then the person is guilty of bloodshed and he shall make restitution. So in other words, let's say a thief breaks into your house in the middle of the night and we get freaked out because we are woken up out of a dead sleep because there's a creeper in our house. If we we accidentally kill that guy because we're so freaked out from waking up and getting startled from some thief in our house, God is saying that we are not guilty of murder. But if it is the middle of the day and we're conscious and we are alert and the sun is up and everything like that, and then we are guilty of bloodshed because we killed that person when um, there could have been maybe another way to get that guy out of our house. So I think what God is trying to say with this is that killing should be our last resort because God places so much value on a human life, even on the life of a thief, that killing should be the last resort. Now, of course, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with defending ourselves because I do believe that throughout scripture, God does call us to defend ourselves. And we see that with the Israelites, they defended themselves themselves against uh, so many different armies that came out against them. I mean, God does say it's okay to defend yourself. And even Jesus told his disciples to get swords because they would need to defend themselves. But like I said, killing is the last resort that we should go to. It should never be the first thing on our minds is, um, is killing another fellow human being. And I just believe that that is what God is saying here. So then it says, um, if, uh, this thief that breaks into the house, say, instead of the owner of the house, uh, killing him, he gets, um, captured, basically the thief gets captured and tied up. It says that if the thief has nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. That once again, that's just God's justice coming out against this thief. So this is another example of indentured servitude, where a thief, because he has absolutely nothing and is unable to pay back all the stuff that he stole out of that house, then he should be sold into indentured servanthood. And at that point, for seven years, he would become basically as uh, an employee. We talked a little bit about that um, in the last chapter with all the servant stuff and the slave stuff and whatever else. So this is not talking about man stealing where you sell this person into horrible, harsh conditions. I mean, we just discovered that God does care about this man's life because he doesn't want people to resort to uh, killing immediately, but that should be the last resort. So we know God cares about this thief's life. God greatly cares about life. And so this man would not be sold into horrid, horrid slavery. This once again would be indentured slavery or indentured uh, servanthood where the man was um, placed in somebody's care for seven years and he would have to work for that guy for seven years, then he would be set free. So, um, It says, though, that if the stolen property is found in his hand, this uh, thief, say that he is out of the house, he's down the road, the people realize everything out of their house has been stolen, and this guy has a cart of goods or a car of goods going down the road, (laughs) then uh, this guy, whatever he stole, he needs to pay back double, whether it is an ox or a sheep or whatever, he shall pay back double everything that he has stolen. And so this is also, okay, so I want to kind of go back to that indentured servanthood thing again. So this is also protecting, as odd as this sounds, kind of protecting that thief. If he has nothing, you know, we often see, um, you know, we see people sometimes being gracious towards thievery because, you know, the, the that person had nothing and, you know, they needed that food for their children or whatever. But God is protecting that. 
by putting this man or this woman into indentured servanthood where they would be protected and taken care of for seven years while they're paying back everything that they stole or paying for food for their families and everything like that. So this was so different than the slavery that we know of nowadays. But I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I've talked about that a lot. So <laughs> so I'm not going to go there again. But uh, if you're interested in hearing more about that and you didn't listen to the last episodes, please go back and uh, listen to Exodus chapter 21 that I did with uh, a couple guests and my sister and myself and whatever. So okay, moving forward here, it says in verse 5 that if a man causes a field or somebody's vineyard to be eaten by letting his animal loose and it grazes... <laughs> in another man's field so okay we have a lot of goats out where I live there's so many goats and actually in the new house my neighbors down the street have several goats that I've seen so far and these goats are so funny because they're crossing the road and they just cross the road back and forth when the car comes they run back into their property and then they go back and then it's funny these goats are hilarious but they're grazing on everything I'm telling you like I think that there's less grass now in that area (laughs) (laughs) than there was two days ago because these goats are just constantly munching on it. So goats are actually animals uh, that you can rent to um, take care of a field. So if you have like a field of really tall grass, you can rent people's goats and then the goats will come out and eat everything. And they eat everything. They eat like poison ivy and thorns and whatever else. So goats are kind of crazy. So if this man is not paying attention to his goat and his goat wanders over into somebody's uh, cornfield or into somebody's vineyard, we have tons of vineyards around me, and it eats all of the vineyards... (laughs) (laughs) Then this man, it says that he needs to pay from the best of his vineyards and from the best of his own field. It says that he should make restitution from the best of his own field and from the best of his own vineyard. Now, I don't know the rules if that man doesn't have a vineyard, but typically people that own goats have some sort of farm. Not always, not always, but especially back in those days, I'm sure that people who owned goats probably did have a farm because it was a farming community. So God is saying that um, the person who wasn't watching his goat and let it go and eat some other guy's uh, crops needs to pay back the best and in the same quantity as what the goat ate. And he has to pay back the best of everything that he has. So he can't be given this guy rotten fruit or crappy seeds or whatever else. He has to give him the best of his own vineyard and the best of his own land. So then it says, if a fire breaks out and catches in the thorns so that the shocks of grain or the standing grain or the field are consumed, he who kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. So I don't know exactly what that restitution would be, but if somebody starts a fire... And it takes out uh, half of the entire um, forest that you have. That person who started the fire needs to be punished for what he did or needs to make restitution for what he did, even if it was an accidental fire. Because back then, you know, um, (laughs) back in those days, fire and the moon and the sun were the only sources of light that they had back then. So if a fire goes out of control, even by accident and and tears up and and kills tons of um, land, the person who started that fire and was paying attention to it or didn't put it out all the way needs to be punished or needs to make restitution uh, for that particular crime. So then it says here that if a man delivers to his neighbor money or stuff to keep 
and it is stolen out of the man's house, then the thief is found, he shall pay double. So if somebody stores some stuff at your house and it is stolen out of your house, then the thief who stole it needs to pay it back double. But it says here that if the thief isn't found, then the master of the house shall come near to God to find out whether or not he has put his hand on his neighbor's goods. So in order to get a better understanding of that, let me switch over to the AMP real quick and read verse 8. It says, if the thief is not caught, the owner of the house shall appear before the judges uh, who act in God's name to determine whether or not he has stolen his neighbor's goods. So at this point, the master of the house would go to the judges, and this would be all very orderly once again, but of course God would be there because God sees all. And I think this is another thing is, is God showing his people, I can see everything, so I know who stole all that stuff. So the person who owns the house, who had the stuff in it, has to go and appear before the judges and go and appear before God, who will then um, determine whether or not this guy stole his neighbor's stuff. And so it says that for every offense involving property, whether it concerns an ox or a donkey or a sheep or clothing or any piece of lost property, um, which another identifies as his, the case of both parties shall come before uh, the judges who act in God's name or come before God. But once again, this was all very orderly. And God is showing that he is present. He is there for his people. He wants his people to come to him with these issues. And that's what I talked about at the beginning of this episode is that God cares. God sees all. He wants us to come to him with these issues. Then it says here that basically God is going to make the decision and tell this to the judges and then the guilty party. So if that that master of that household or the owner of that house did in fact steal his um his neighbor's stuff who came and stored it at his house. <laughs> then he says that he shall pay double to his neighbor whatever he stole. And once again, this was all under God. And this is just proving who God is. I like reading these kinds of things because it really shows the justice side of God. You know, he is very loving, but he is also very just. He doesn't allow crimes to go unpunished because crimes hurt other people. Crimes hurt other people. A thief breaking into, into uh, somebody's house and stealing their stuff is hurting that person. It's hurting them. And God is saying, it doesn't matter. Even if that thief is destitute, he still should not be going in and breaking into somebody's house and stealing that stuff. And God is making that very clear with this passage of scripture that thievery is not okay. Stealing is not okay. So God is showing how just he is by punishing these crimes that hurt other people. I mean, my sister and I, on, uh, on Wednesday and Friday, we talked about how the law can be summed up in three different ways, which is to firstly, love God. Secondly, to love others, love and respect others. And thirdly, to take care of yourself. And so the second one, I think this is what God is really communicating here to his people is just be kind to others. Don't steal from others. Don't hurt others. Don't cause fires. Don't, <laughs> don't be careless. You know, you are supposed to be a holy nation that uh, values life, that values other people's lives and other people's properties, and that values animal lives. As you can see here that, you know, you're not supposed to go and take a sheep and kill it and sell the meat to somebody else because that sheep didn't belong to you and you don't know what the importance of that particular animal was to those people 
So it's not okay to go and steal other people's stuff. And God is making it very clear how he wants his people to act because his people are supposed to be people who show the other nations who God really is. So I think we can take this point home today is just, you know, a lot of people like to say that the law is obsolete, which I don't believe it is because it's still here and we still have it. So we need to look at it and see what was God trying to communicate through these passages of scriptures to us, to his now current children, which is you and me. You know, we're supposed to look at this and be like, oh, this says firstly not to steal and secondly, not to disrespect other people and also not to be careless, not to let your goat go off and <laughs> chew up all this guy's grapes or anything else like that. I mean, that's not cool. So God is telling us here that we need to be respectful of other people and to just not be careless because that is how we are going to live a godly life that God wants us to live. And also this is how the law applies to us today. We can look back at this and be like, you know, this is what God meant during this passage or this is what God is saying here. And so it's important to look back at this and just to see it that it's not an obsolete thing that we don't have to, you know, listen to or follow anymore, but something that came directly from God. And this is all part of God's character. And so it is healthy for us to look at this and to learn it and study it. But friends and faithful listeners, this was Exodus chapter 22, verses 1 through 9. So thank you for um, joining in on this podcast episode and also for subscribing to the blog. Go to www.p40ministries.com and you can uh, subscribe and you'll get a little free gift in your inbox. And uh, also, friends and faithful listeners, if you would like to support the ministry, but you don't want to spend a million dollars, you can consider buying me a $3 coffee if you so choose. I have a PayPal link at uh, www.p40ministries.com slash about. And on my about page, you can, uh, there's a little link to uh, donate $3 to buy me a coffee. So keep me going with some of those cups of coffee. But thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Happy listening and God bless.